Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us wherever you're listening this afternoon, whether it be on a Super Talk radio station or, of course, online. We're glad that you tuned in for an hour of Southern Miss Sports Talk. It's Thursday. That means Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald will join us here in just a few minutes. Kelly Santer will be joining us uh, later in the show. Opening segment of the show today sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. We appreciate those guys a great deal. We all eat there a lot. We encourage you to do the same thing. The food is always fresh, always delicious, served seven days a week at a Dickie's in your neighborhood. And here in our neighborhood, it's served right next to the mall in Hattiesburg and on Highway 98, just off of 98, is just a great place to enjoy lunch or dinner, Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, as we said, Patrick McGee joining us here in just a few minutes, Kelly Santer a little later in the show. But we're going to start out today's program by by interviewing uh, the dad of a a very uh, pronounced Southern Miss football player, Trace Clopton, center, starting center for the Golden Eagles. His dad, Tommy, is on the phone with us, a longtime football coach, athletic director, and now high school principal. And, uh, sir, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. I appreciate you having me on. Well, we were told that if we brought you on the show today, you'd have all the answers about what's going to happen uh, with <laughs> high school football uh, and football in Mississippi. So go ahead, Mr. Clopton, and let everybody right. know. Then here's the simplest <laughs> answer. I don't know. <laughs> now, it, it is a very complex time for everyone and because uh, you know we keep telling all of our people here, None of us have ever been through any of this before. So there is no fallback plan. There's no history book you can go look in and say, well, this is how we ought to handle it. This is what they did before. So we're we're learning on a, a minute-by-minute basis. Everybody wants to know, of course, and, and today the news is really not good. The stock market is way down. Uh, there was some information released about a number of states who are seeing pretty sharp increases in COVID-19. And unfortunately, one of those states is right here. Uh, the, the state of Mississippi. Try to put in perspective how much uh, pressure and uh, how much uncertainty uh, school administrators like you are now faced with as we get closer and closer to the start of school year. Uh, each school district, um, you know, is in the, the middle of their plan for what reentry into the school will look like. Uh, we all, I think, are yearning for the for normalcy, whatever that may be, what the new normal is. Uh, you know, parents want their kids back in school. They want them receiving a great education that they get from our Mississippi public schools and private schools. And um, pressure-wise, I-, I think the pressure is what we put on ourselves because I think administrators and teachers and staff all have a heart for kids, and they want what's best for the kids, and we know that what's best for the kids is to be in school. As from an education standpoint. For them to be in that face-to-face interaction with a teacher, that's what's best. Now, Technology has a huge um, impact on that and what we're able to do to supplement that instruction. 
Um, so I think the biggest pressure that administration, that administrators and districts feel is from within themselves that uh, we've got to do what's best for our kids. We've got to, number one, keep them safe. Number one, keep all of our staff safe. But number two, what can we do to not let this hold us back any further and continue to educate our kids for their future? I think I heard you tell Luke uh, off air that the state of Virginia has announced that their high schools will resume in the fall with no sports. Do you see any uh, that possibility was, of that happening here? I, I do not. Now, I will say this. All things are subject to change on a daily basis. We all, None of us on March the 15th thought that we would be doing what we were doing on March the 16th. Um, life has changed drastically for all of us. E- states are coming out with what their return to school or re- reentry plans are. And, and as I looked through one of the ones from the state of Virginia yesterday, one of the things mentioned was no athletics. Now, I would tell you the state of Virginia and the state of Mississippi is, is very different. I think our high school activity association is, uh, I, I would use the word, they've been very cautious. I know sometimes people are frustrated when we've waited. They don't make decisions or they wait to the last minute. And I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's the case. That may be the case with announcing what the decision is, but at the same time, I think they've tried to look at guidance from the governor and from the legislator, from the CDC and the State Department of Health um, to put us in those situations to where we can provide safe opportunities for kids. I think behind the scenes, my gut tells me that they have plans. They have plan A, plan B, plan C for whatever the circumstances are that arise there. Um, the hardest thing in all aspects, but especially in education and athletics, if you put something out there and then you have to pull it back, that sometimes creates more confusion than if you would have waited just a little bit longer to put something out. And and we're talking about high school kids. I think college kids, college student athletes are a completely different realm. They're adults than them dealing with uh, uh, minors. Uh, So I I do think that – I think our activity association will work very hard to to find the best answer they can to provide us with opportunities to have athletics in our schools. Luke? Coach, thanks so much for coming on today. You have such a good insight because you have been at every direction or every level of uh, responsibility and leadership uh, with, with being a coach at, at Brookhaven High and, and long before that, athletic director, now a principal. This has kind of been a discussion in the last few weeks. We've seen these cases of COVID pop up on and some notable programs, Oklahoma State, Alabama. As a coach and as, as an athletic director, what do you think is going to uh, – and we're here to pontificate and assume, I guess that but i mean generally speaking it's going to be the responsibility of every athletic director every high school um coach to to monitor their players any idea of what that could possibly look like if we have a football season i think it's a very broad spectrum i mean now with the return to workouts this summer you know they're checking athletes in as they come in you know you're checking for temperature they're checking they've have you been exposed have you been around anyone that's been exposed uh, not sharing equipment in the case of uh, where equipment may be being shared for various sports. It has to be cleaned between each use. So they're taking all the precautions that they can now. As we start to talk about the fall and, and actual sports seasons, strength and conditioning training is a whole different avenue than getting back to competition and, and competing uh, on a Friday night, for example, in high school football. Um I don't know that I have an exact answer of what that would look like. I think you've got to continue to monitor things. I think um, at some point, you know, there is risk in all of this. No matter what we do, there is no plan that will ever be 100% perfect. Um, But I think that the longer this goes on, the more educated we become, uh, you know, as far as teenagers and and what the ramifications are for them. 
um, with the response to COVID and then crowd management. It's so much more when you say returning to sports, the administrator, me, immediately goes to thinking crowd and how I'm going to socially distance the crowd and how we're going to manage ticket sales and uh, concessions and how all of those things are going to take place because that's a part of the environment as well. Uh, but at the same time, the most important thing is to provide the kids the safest opportunity to play. And today, right. I don't know what that looks like. I don't have that answer yet. I think we're still a little bit further away than sometimes people think from knowing what that answer will be. Yeah, and and that's uh, and that's just going to be a wait and see. And and let, let, you're a football coach. I know you're a principal now, but you're a football coach. I want to switch here just a little bit. Your son, uh, Trace, one of the most animated and colorful players on the Southern Miss football team right now. He's an offensive lineman. He's the quarterback of the offensive line at center. Got to be excited about Matt Kubik's new offense coming in. It's more balanced. Uh, you're actually going to run the ball to set up the pass, unlike the last two previous offensive coordinators. What's kind of been the word from from Trace and the O lineman, and then as you as a coach uh, with the new offense coming in, the Golden Eagles? Uh, well, they're excited. First and foremost, they're excited. I, just within that group, you know, having Coach Stanchek, um, there's some consistency now. You know, there, there's not been change. There's consistency. Uh, you've got four out of five starters back. Um, you've got guys that got to play at various times uh, for different things. So I think there's a lot of excitement within that group um, that that there's more solid. Now losing Drake Dorbeck is a huge loss. I mean that that's going to be difficult, but um, but they feel confident they can move forward. Uh, if you're an offensive lineman, uh, the first thing you do is you look to see you know what's your, what's your new guy that's calling the plays. What's he lean towards? And, and Coach Kubik. I'm sure has brought some excitement to those guys and listening to Trace. I know he he's very high on him. He's excited um, about what is going to be different and what's not going to be different. What the similarities are, and they're really looking forward to getting back on the field. Of course, they've got the same questions everybody else has: is what is that going to look like for us? You know, when is when are we actually going to start? And, and you know, what is camp? Is camp going to be two weeks? Is camp going to be ten weeks? Um, but there seems to be a lot of excitement right now. I know they were kind of glad to get back to Hattiesburg and be around each other again. And, to be able to start doing those things that prepare them for the upcoming season. All right, Coach, we want to thank you very much for your time. We appreciate your input. Uh, glad to have your son down here playing football uh, for the Golden Eagles. And, and we know that uh, men like you are, and women are going to have the best interest of uh, the kids in mind as we get through this really crazy time of uncertainty, sir, and we appreciate your time very much. Well, I appreciate that, and thank you very much, and uh, go Eagles. There we go. Thanks, Coach. Eagle Hour will return right after this. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour on a Thursday afternoon. Appreciate Coach Tommy Clopton joining us. Bob, some great insight from from Tommy, and I love the fact that the offensive line is excited about the new uh, offensive coordinator and the emphasis on the running game. Yeah, no question about it. And I think it's fair to say we need improvement in the offensive line, and uh, with four starters coming back, uh, certainly – Certainly, we, we hope that that will be the case. All right, second segment of the show sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. A great selection of Southern Miss apparel, as you know. You can buy it online at campusbookmark.net, or you can simply go to the store now on Hardy Street and pick it out firsthand. Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun Herald, joins us every Thursday. We've got Patrick on the line right now. And, Patrick, I was uh, I was glancing through your article before I came to the studio this morning, and uh about Southern Miss getting ready uh, with the volunteer workouts back on campus. And one thing struck me, uh, surprised me a little bit, uh, 
you you indicated that a lot of a lot of schools as their athletes are coming back they're they're testing people some daily for COVID-19 did I read correctly that uh, Southern Miss has made the decision to only test kids that are showing symptoms is that right yeah and they're not the only I think Missouri and, and possibly Arkansas uh, every school is kind of different right now and to, or you can kind of put certain schools in different groups I think Florida is an example they've they tested everybody as soon as they got back on campus, and you're getting pretty consistent uh, results out of a lot of schools. They've been pretty public uh, with you know who's tested positive. I think even Marshall has gone public with you know any anytime somebody's tested positive, they make that public. Uh, as of right now, we haven't. Whenever I talked to them, I think it was basically a week ago. Uh, they had had nobody that had tested positive. But obviously, you know, asymptomatic people, you know, are, are, are still a problem at this point. So uh, it's, you know, every school's kind of taking a different approach. And I, I'm sure probably testing will ramp up, you know, as maybe after they get into fall camp. Uh, but as of right now, I think they're still trying to figure out how they're going to approach that. So as of right now, there has been no, no report of any Southern Miss kid testing positive. Yeah, that's right. No, I haven't heard anything this week, so I'm not, you know, I can't say with certainty. But as of right now, there's been no acknowledgement so far that the players test positive. But that's not the case with all schools, is it, Patrick? There are, some of them are really showing up. Arkansas State, I know, was one that seemed to have a lot of kids in that category. Yeah, Arkansas State, uh, some schools in Florida uh, have had some tests of, you know, positive tests. Uh, it's... Uh, it's one of those things that uh, it's going to be dealing with for we're going to be dealing with for a while. We're going to be hearing about this, and like we talked about last week, I mean, what happens whenever a, a certain team, a certain school has an outbreak? How do you manage that uh, during the course of a season? So mm-hmm. it's it's obviously a very complicated situation. Now we'll switch gears for just a minute. I want to talk about a former Southern Miss coach. I read yesterday about Blake Anderson getting the contract extension at Arkansas State, and one of just a handful of coaches that in his tenure had been to, I think it was six consecutive bowl games, had won two championships over at Arkansas State. Refresh my memory, but didn't Blake Anderson make a really hard push for the head coaching job here when Larry Fedora left? Yeah, and, uh, you know, just uh, uh, it was a kind of a transitional period for Southern Miss Athletics. Uh, Richard Giannini was stepping down, and, and uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty at the top uh, there in the athletic department. And, uh, you know, at the time, whenever Anderson was making a run at it, it was kind of a confused picture, and I think that helped lead to the hiring of Phyllis Johnson. Don't say um, his name. Uh, don't say his yeah. name. You don't have to do it. And, and you know, it was, you know – it, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, yeah, they made a huge mistake. I mean, it was obvious who the guy should be running the show, but, you know, Anderson, who's, who everybody who knows him knows, you know, the quality of character he is, and he's really shown it since he's been at Arkansas State. Uh, but whoever was, you know, running the, the operation at that point just did not uh, see it in Anderson. They saw him kind of as being on the youthful side. They didn't like how he wore his hat backwards on the practice field or, uh, it's it's yeah it, it didn't work out they really they really botched that right and boy he you know he's just done a heck of a job there hadn't he he's uh, I think pretty beloved at Arkansas State yeah and I, I think it's really only a matter of time before he gets an opportunity at a, at a larger program I'm not saying he's going to be next head coach at Alabama but I know he got some 
uh, consideration there at, at, at Baylor. I think Iowa State considered him. Uh, so it, it would not surprise me at some point, as long as he keeps winning, which I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, uh, that he'll get an opportunity elsewhere at a larger program at some point. Luke? Patrick, talk about you got a new article out today, and um, the, the MLB draft last night, only five uh, rounds, and so uh, no mm-hmm. no Southern Miss guys um, get drafted. But, you know, one of those guys, that the seniors that could have an uh, extra year of eligibility, um, not coming back, Alex Nelms, going on to be a medical doctor, gets a pretty good uh, prestigious uh, postgraduate scholarship. Yeah, uh, the Jim Castaneda uh, postgraduate scholarship from Conference USA, I think it's $4,000, goes into his pocket. Uh, he's off to UMC uh, to, to come to become a doctor, and so that's a nice little development for him. As far as the MLB draft goes, his career's over, but uh, the question is, is you know how many of the guys are coming back that still have eligibility? Nelms could have come back if he wanted to, but obviously uh, he's got bigger goals ahead. Uh, but right now I think Gabe Shepard, is the one guy that's uh, still got eligibility remaining that's draft eligible. Uh, he's probably the guy most likely to be taken you know, in the next four rounds that are supposed to go on today. Uh, it's not a certainty that he gets drafted, but he's the one guy uh, that's garnered the most interest coming in uh, to, to these second through fifth rounds. That's really the only only guy that MLB scouts have been asking about there at Southern Miss. So uh, that's, and you know, and it's because boy, he's 21 years old that he's he's eligible, right? It's the age thing with him. Uh, he he was crossing over 21 at a, at a by a certain deadline, and that makes him eligible. Yeah, I know Southern Miss fans want to <laughs> want to get him back and see him healthy for a full season and see what he can do. And it, that may be the case, but right now he's definitely on on the radar for some teams in, over the next four rounds. They're supposed to, I think it starts at four o'clock uh, is whenever the rest of the draft. Uh, uh, will go down. So I, you know, it's it's kind of we're on Gabe Shepard watching down here in Bluxy. Colt Keith, an Arizona State signee out of Bluxy High School. He's somebody that seems likely to go in the second or third round, or possibly fourth. Yeah, and and the reason I asked that is I incorrectly said yesterday that Gabe wasn't draft eligible, and it was because he's a true sophomore. You know, you always think about guys, um, you you get them for three years in uh, in college unless the age factor kicks in, and it does with Gabe Shepard. And, yeah, I think everybody in Southern Miss land is crossing their fingers today. Yeah, and if, you know, uh, I think probably the one thing that goes against him right now is a small sample. Uh, you know, you just saw what he did late in his freshman year, and you know, in his one start to really start the season, then he had some arm soreness, and they had to sit him down for a little bit. I think he was just about to come back whenever the season uh, shut down. So uh, that, that's the one thing that kind of goes against him. But gosh, if you go back and watch the Rice games or the Arizona State games, which I'm sure there are a lot of scouts watching him against Arizona State, uh, they got a good look at what he's capable of. But you know, he's come off Tommy John surgery. He had his instance of uh, arm soreness. I think, you know, there's that chance that maybe pro scouts just decide it's better for him to spend another year in, at college and see if he can uh, just get more healthy. True that. So um, what's your what's your gut right now on Walker Powell, Matthew Guidry, um, Brent Blaylock? What, what's kind of your gut going in? Will we see those guys next year? I don't have a great feel for that. I haven't talked to Scott much here lately. Uh, I plan to talk to him pretty soon after the draft has come to a conclusion. Uh, it's 
you know, it's fairly obvious none of those guys are going to get uh, selected today. Uh, so they should come back. Uh, well, I say, I, I, let me rephrase that. They could come back. Um, it's, you know, uh, with Walker Powell, he, you know, he's had a long career, you know, had Tommy John in high school and Tommy John at Southern Miss. I think he's playing uh, summer ball. So maybe there is some some desire to come back and try another year. I You know, if I'm Walker Powell and I want to play pro baseball, you know, you, you want to come back and play another season. I think Matthew Gidry is one of those guys that, you know, early on whenever people talked to him after the season was over, he just was on the fence about it. So I – but – if I had the bet, I, I would say, if I had if I had to guess, and I'm, I'm, I'm this is just be guessing. I have no. I, I think Powell and Gidry come back just because it's hard to get it out of your system. I, you know, I think Gidry yeah. can play pro baseball, and I think he'll probably get a free agent uh, contract offer. But the but the offers are so kind of poor uh, this time around, just because it's a five round draft. I think you're only getting like twenty thousand dollars or something like that. Uh, that it may be to his benefit to come back and try to go into a draft that uh, maybe I'm, I'm guessing they might cut it again next year towards a 30 to 20 round draft, but his chance of getting drafted and get more money would go up next year. That's good news for USM. Uh, well, we'll 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 see though, and and it, it did yeah. not help. It did not help that in the highlights, number one overall pick, Spencer Torkelson, it showed a big strikeout, and who was on the mound? Number five, Gabe Shepard. That didn't help his prospects at all. <laughs> all right, Patrick. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you. Look forward to talking to you again next Thursday. All right, thanks. Have a good weekend. Patrick McGee, everybody. From the Biloxi Sun-Herald. I think we're back on track, Luke. I think Michael Mergens has worked his magic, so hopefully uh, everything will be good the rest of the hour. Uh, nice for a change, though, not to have Southern Miss rated by Major League Baseball in the draft. Am I right? We'll see after today. But, yes, um, all eyes on number five. And, and that's the big thing because you can still go pro in the top you know, ten. They're, they're liable to go. If we get right. through five rounds today and no Gabe Shepard, more incentive for him to come back to Southern Miss. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back on back. Thursday. Appreciate you joining us. Welcome back, Bob. Go ahead. Take it over. <laughs> no, go ahead, Luke. I don't mean to walk on you. I'm sorry. I'm staring here at the clock. I'm, I'm staring at 10 different things other than concentrating on uh, what I need to. But you go ahead, sir. Well, it's, it's great. And there's been, in my short-lived radio career, there have been plenty of times when I make bad mistakes and you text me after the show say, dude, it's live radio. Get over it and just walk on. And so, That's yeah, right. it just it oh, happens. Yeah. Isn't that right, it, Kelly Sanders? What you do? That's it. That, and, and you know what? That's that's what I think people enjoy most about it is that, you know, we make mistakes sometimes, but we're human and fess up and just move on. That's all you can right. do. All right, Luke. Well, who's right. this segment sponsored by, Luke? Third, uh, four. I was about to say third segment. It's fourth. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsored the third segment of Eagle Hour every single day. Home of the eight ninety five lunch comes with a drink, and you can go in there and see the greatest picture in Southern Miss history sports: Casey Fisher and the nineteen eighty seven basketball team. That's all at Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, Kelly's Tigers select Spencer Torkelson number one overall. And uh, Kelly, I, I, I think that they, the the Tigers took the obvious choice. Uh, I did a little research here. Golden Eagles faced him uh, twice last year in the Baton Rouge uh, Regional. 
Eagles spanked the Sun Devils in the first game, 15-3, to came back in that great win, 13-12. Uh, to But Torkelson went four of nine, five runs, four ribbies, two home runs, and a double against uh, the Golden Eagles, the newest Tiger, Spencer Torkelson. I think, it, I think it was a safe pick. The Tigers desperately need power. But then again, what don't they need? Um, the, only, the only problem, and see, this is what I love about baseball, too, is there's so many different ways to build a baseball team. You know, now remember the draft changed this year. So you only get five rounds, so it's going to make every pick now especially crucial when you only get five. And this was discussed last night by a bunch of baseball guys. This is this first baseman is where he's most comfortable. Okay, now he's very athletic for first baseman because usually you put the guy that's on the downside of his career that can't play the outfield anymore. You put him over at first base. Um, so that was you know, do you want to take the very the very first pick in the draft at a position that's not necessarily a key position. You can play, you know, the Tigers play in the American League, so you can have a DH over there, a guy that normally plays DH. But when you heard some of the people talk about that he, that Torkelson is the most explosive offensive player to ever be scouted in modern-day baseball, that's quite a lofty uh, expectation on this kid. Um, everybody says that. They just say he is amazing power to all, all sides of the, you know, any part of the ballpark. Um, so that was a safe play. I always, I mean, even drafting little league teams, I would always draft pitching first. Because I just don't think you can ever have enough pitching. And if you, if you run into a strange situation where you do have too much pitching, then you trade, you use some of those pitchers as trade bait to go get something that you really need. But again, that's the way, that's the way baseball is just so neat. You can build teams several different ways, but um, most people thought that, that Torkelson was the best best player coming out in a long, long time, so we'll see. Hmm. It's interesting, Kelly. Your football and your baseball team both had the number one draft picks this year. And do you know, do you know why, Bob? Because they suck. They, in, in, a, in a special kind of way, buddy, let me, let me, let me tell you. Hey, you know, the, the round two through five of the draft start today at uh, 4 o'clock, and we'll see if, if any of our guys happen to get picked. I, I ran into Matthew Gidry last night, uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagle baseball standout. Now, if you asked me, did I run into him at the big beer pong tournament, I would have to say no further comment. But, mm-hmm. um, but I asked, you know, Kid Gid about, uh, you know, free agent deals. And he said, well, he said, that's not up to me. You know, he said, I... Once the draft is over, he said, it's, somebody's got to approach me about a free agent deal. And I said, well, would you go? And he said, it depends. You know, he said, um, it depends on, he said, you automatically think that everybody's going to want to go for whatever reason. But see, with this, with this draft now, the way it is, and we didn't get, really get to talk about this yesterday, college rosters now are going to expand Okay, from where the, the numbers of players on, on a Division One roster are going to expand. So what that means is you're going to see a lot of these cream-of-the-crop players coming out of high school that are going to opt for junior college scholarships because they're eligible to be drafted you know, at any time. And whereas in, in college, you know, you'll, have to, you'll have now more guys to have to compete with for playing time, and you're not eligible until after that, after that junior year, I think, hmm. uh, or sophomore year, one of the two. 
Um, whereas in junior college, you could be drafted any time. So with the expansion of the college rosters, again, more guys are going to be on those rosters. So you're going to so the chance you're going to have to go over more guys to just to get playing time. But at junior college, you can play right away, and it's most everybody that's in the baseball game at the at the top levels are saying junior college is really going to reap the benefit of the new draft structure. It's amazing how many things have changed in sports, is it not? Yeah, that's for sure, in in like a six-month period. Yeah. I don't know if you heard us uh, earlier in the show, we were talking uh, to Tommy Cofton, and he uh, is a principal now, former coach, and he said that uh, he saw some information last night, Kelly, that in the state of Virginia they're planning to uh, start a school in the fall, but they may not have any athletics at all in the fall semester. Does that kind of news shock you? No, I mean, you know, but again, I, and everybody that, and I know the Eagle Hour has tons of listeners because I hear it everywhere I go. You know, everybody calls me Mr. Doom and Gloom. And, and again, I, I have to reiterate, I hope I'm wrong. But there are so many logistics that would have to be worked out for us to have a full-fledged football season um, with you know safety measures for COVID and all that sort of thing. I just don't know if there's enough people to be able to organize this. And again, the high schools are going to have to play in front of fans in order to get gate receipts to pay the people that they have to pay. Right. So um, and see, and more schools, more states that do that, like Virginia, if Virginia you know goes on and makes that decision then it's going to be easier for other states to say, well, you know, Virginia's not doing it, so we're not doing it. Uh, you know, the, the famed Iowa State Fair uh, was canceled yesterday for the first time since World War II. But, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Illinois had all canceled their state fairs. Right. So right. once that first one goes, it's easier for other schools then to, to do the same thing. I hope, I hope they don't. I hope we get to play. Kelly, would it surprise you if I've told you that I've heard you called a lot worse things than Mr. Doom and Gloom? It wouldn't surprise me, but, you know, that, that that's okay. <laughs> you know, the thing, the, the thing that amazes me is I get called all these names. Most people have never met me. And they'll go, well, you're right about that. I said, no, no, you're right in what you call me, but you've just never met me before. So how did you know that? Right, right. <laughs> you know? All right, Kelly, I, I want to ask you your opinion on this. We haven't really touched much on this, but uh, NASCAR Telling NASCAR fans they can no longer bring Confederate flags to NASCAR races. Your your thoughts about that? I don't. I, I think that infringes upon anybody's freedom of speech, which is their one of the, one of the very first rights. Um, and it, and it's really let's be realistic. It's not enforceable now. Right. If NASCAR as a corporation wants to say there will be no Confederate flags. You know, none of their employees can fly. Confederate flags, you know, I, I could get that, but it's really, I mean, you know, when you have 200,000 people at these races, how are, how are you going to, you know, it's, it's kind of like the seatbelt law, you know, it has good intentions, but it's really not enforceable. How, how are you going to enforce, because anybody that didn't even oh, have a seatbelt. come belt, to Laurel, Mississippi. They enforce it. I'll tell you what, they got some eagle eyes down here. Well, once, once you get pulled <laughs> over, it's, I mean, while the officer's coming up with the car, you can always put it on, right? It's, right. I mean, you hope that people... And again, I, I think that anybody should be able to fly any flag they want. And I don't care what it says. I don't care what group that it supports, whatever. You're supposed to be able to say whatever you want to say. I agree. Um, I agree. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, I really don't care what the flag says, what any flag says. 
you should have a right, every person of every color, creed, faith, whatever, should have a right to fly any flag they want. Right, I agree. Luke, 60 seconds in the segment left. I hate to ask this question, but but are are our sports this fall, if we have them, going to be clouded and overshadowed by all this political and social unrest in the country? I think if you had sports going on right now, it wouldn't be as much. And and that's not to say that um, what we've seen, uh, you know, in Minneapolis isn't justified with the protests. I'm talking about all the craziness. I guarantee right. you, it, here's the thing. People are bored right now, okay? They are. And and it's been said a long time ago, America is a republic, but America does has a, have a king, and his name is Sport. And I think that's part of it. You're, you're seeing some of the unrest because there's no out. And some of it's legitimate frustration. Some of it is not justifiable within 100 miles of what's going on, particularly in Seattle right now. At the same token, though, I think as the dam releases and the sports start coming back in in normal life, it'll temper down. Usually when the, the weather starts heating up, Stuff starts heating up, and a good dose of sports can sometimes cool stuff down. All right, Luke, you're you're Luke, you're a preacher too. What do they say about idle time? It's whose workshop? Yeah, you're exactly right. idle time is the devil's workshop. All right. So, all right, we're going to return with Mister Doom and Gloom, Luke and I, and we're going to have the last segment of the Doom Gloom Eagle Hour <laughs> right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you on this Thursday by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and online at toyotahattiesburg.com. Go see our friends down there, and we greatly appreciate Toyota of Hattiesburg's sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Tell you what, guys, uh, as we continue with Kelly Santer, a friend of mine made a comment about this yesterday. You know, when these tropical storms come through, I needed like a a scuba suit yesterday morning to swim through all the... um, all the humidity, but I'll tell you what, when that storm moves out, it takes all of the moisture with it because it felt absolutely glorious this morning. Hmm. Yeah, very, very low humidity, and I, and I do know, uh, actually, uh, I heard that some of the fish, Luke, when you were scuba diving, they were saying, oh, that man's toenails are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and why would that be, Kelly, do you think? Where? <laughs> because... Luke had you, a. Where, what is the reference point from that? Like where? Like you don't even find that in a SpongeBob episode. Like where does that come from? No, but Lucas Bob had a a pet. A, which is it? Is it a pedicure or is that is that the toes? Luke, that was Bob that had that. Luke, no, come on, Luke. <laughs> you you're ruthless. You're ruthless, Santa. <laughs> Luke's not talking nice. to you. I can no, tell. He's not, I can, he's not, he's not saying a word. It was ve- listen. Lauren and I have a joke about this because a long time ago we we talked about how people were making fun of men that went to go get pedicures, like the two yeah. of you have on this show. Right. I mean, let's be honest. You're sitting in a massage chair, okay? 
Someone mm-hmm. is scrubbing and massaging your feet. Like you were one level away from like emperor level. Like the next thing you're going to say is like more grapes, please. Come on. You know, I mean, let's be honest. There is something uh, old school manly about a pedicure. If, if you really want me to be honest, Luke, here's as honest as I know how to be. You don't want me on the radio talking about anything even closely related to a massage. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't, because I need my job, and I, and I like working and Michael, here. And so, right. Michael needs to fix the clock, please. Yes, ex- exactly correct. About now, speaking, right now. though, of the humidity, though, Kelly, I, I'm sure you were out doing your four or five miles early this morning. Could you, could you tell a big difference in today and yesterday? No, because I had the windows rolled up. Oh, I see. Uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> with the AC, the AC at we, full speed, ladies right? and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we do not feed him this stuff before we go on there. It just naturally comes to the top. Yeah, it's just part of him. I don't know why. Surely, surely you don't think I'm jogging or walking. For <laughs> no, it was a joke, Kelly. Yeah, it was, okay. it was just all a joke. Yeah. I thought so. And what would the fish say about you, Sandra? That's all I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> the sharks would be saying it's going to take three or four of us to get this one. <laughs> okay, this has, this has absolutely nothing to do with sports or anything else for that matter. No, and we'll be and, know, we'll abor- be and unfortunately we still have two and a half minutes to go, Kelly. Well, no, well we'll be following these free agent deals. You know, it's, it's reasonable <laughs> to assume that kind of like uh, after the NFL draft, uh, uh, certainly quality college players that that don't get drafted you know sign free agent deals so it's reasonable to expect that we'll see some of those as well but you know let me ask you about that though yeah because if you don't get drafted in the top five i think that under the agreement the max that you can make is twenty thousand dollars so when you're looking at unless guys man they have you know this is their one shot that they're going to go they'll take that but I mean, how does I think I may have asked this the other day? Uh, but but how does this year make the draft look different going forward? Because if owners can, you know, not shell out a hundred thousand dollars on a ninth round pick and get somebody, you know, that would have been a six round pick for twenty grand, I don't see how it it they could go back to the previous forty you know forty five round draft as before. And I think and I think in the first round they're even limited as to what they can pay some of these kids. Um, even even first round picks are going to be limited, you know, until until they prove themselves on the big big league field. With the drop, with the teams dropping all these minor league teams, uh, the draft going down to five players, you're just you're going to have to be so stinking good. And I think what you were talking about that twenty thousand dollars thing, Luke. You know, I think that's something that Gidry was kind of alluding to, Matthew Gidry. You know, like twenty thousand. If I've got a degree and I'm I could you know, maybe get a job making eighty thousand right out of the gate. It would be a dream to get to go chase to play baseball, but do you, but do you want to? You're still it's still against the odds you're ever going to get to the big leagues, and do you want to do that for twenty thousand or go, you know, get on with your life and start making some good money? So right, that's right. He could come back and play another year here, correct? Gidry yeah, and come. Walker Powell, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah but he didn't good. give you any indication as to whether or not he was thinking in that direction, huh? He, well, he just said until there's an offer on the table, there's really nothing to. You know, which is which is out of his hands. It's up to the teams, you know, to approach right, him. Right. So, how did he compete last night, Kelly? How, how, how was his competitive level? Actually, last night? you know, his, his partner was J.C. Keys, Bob, and I'm telling right. you, those two are tough on the beer pong table. <laughs> I mean, they, they they are really, really good. 
I, I know that brings a smile to, you know. Don't you know, Coach don't you know if Coach is listening right now, he's just swollen with pride after hearing that right there. <laughs> he probably has his head in his hands just shaking it back and forth. Yeah. Okay, I do too after this show, uh, but there'll be another one tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We hope. We hope. And until then, if, if we do come back, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.